Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the View from the Nest podcast, where we talk about all things uh, Index Corp and crypto in general. I'm AG, a community contributor to the co-op. And um, as last week, I'm joined here by Paul, who is the author of our weekly newsletter, among many other things that he does for the co-op. How, how are you doing this week, Paul? Yeah, I'm really good. Um, Index Co-op has had a good week. If you've seen the stats uh, in terms of DPI, the DPI token is up about 40%. Um, our assets under management are up similarly about 40% to now 85 million. And the index token is starting to reflect that as well, uh, up 152% over that past seven days. So yeah, all in all, it's been a really good week for the co-op. It looks like uh, the market is starting to catch up to the index token, which hasn't been the case for quite a while. I think uh, we've been getting some interesting Twitter contributions <laughs> Uh, from differ, different uh, people in the space. Yeah, I think after the initial pump on the token that we got, um, that was based on some YouTube celebrities, I think. But now, yeah, it seems to seems to settle down and start to reflect actual fundamentals of what we've been delivering. So, yeah, I think it's, it's good where it is now. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it uh, ran up quite a bit, which uh, obviously gets everyone excited. But uh, it's important to really focus on the fundamentals and, and think through, you know, what we are doing at the co-op. So with that, let's uh, let's run through the newsletter, the, the most recent one that you've put together, and just uh, tick off a few items. Sure. So I think the first thing to talk about is a bit of a, a meta point, and that is that our newsletter is now in podcast format, and hopefully um, many of you are starting to listen in, and I know that not everybody's able to take the time to read it each week, so if, uh, if you're somebody who prefers to listen in the background, then to, to obviously AG and my sultry voices, hopefully this is <laughs> doing you good, and um, and yeah, we've seen a few people jump into the Discord and say that they find it hard to keep up with what's going in, uh, what's going on in the index co-op. Um, so the more channels that we can distribute our content and and tell people about what's been happening, the better, I think. And it's on Spotify as well, right? Yeah, integrated with Spotify as well. Awesome. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for getting it on Spotify. I'm sure that was a as a tricky one. Yeah, iTunes is next. Um, they were asking for all sorts of details. I'm not sure they were convinced that Dark Forest was a, a genuine name. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to keep trying on that one and um, we'll update everybody once we get onto iTunes as well. All right, awesome. Um, what's, uh, what's the next thing on the list? The next thing on the list is uh, PG-13 rated. It's um, an item that I titled Sex Appeal, which is the Centralized Exchange Appeal. And it's in relation to a request this week from our fellow contributor, Reagan Bozeman. So Reagan is on the business, uh, the business development side of Index Co-op, and he's really well linked in uh, into the crypto space. So what Reagan's requested is 100K, $100,000 to pursue exchange listings for DPI. Now, this is super important for uh, DPI and for the Index Co-op as a whole. 
because as it stands at the moment, we've done a great job of getting listed on, obviously getting listed on decentralized exchanges where anybody can add a token. And we've seen you know, massive amounts of liquidity go into Uniswap and now starting to make its way onto SushiSwap as well. But the missing piece of the puzzle is getting onto those centralized exchanges and potentially opening up an avenue to fiat on-ramps and, and making it easier and more accessible for people to purchase DPI. Yeah, there's there's definitely quite a few people who've been asking us if they can purchase DPI on a centralized exchange. And definitely getting on uh, centralized exchanges is one of the uh, big priorities for us. And we've been getting quite a few requests from people asking asking us if they can buy DPI on, on a centralized exchange. So obviously that, that would unlock the token to a very different audience, one that's not necessarily familiar with uh, Uniswap, SushiSwap, and, and so on. And, and what we've seen is that um, kind of when, when we create a liquidity pool for DPI on whatever the exchange, the decentralized exchange might be, it actually attracts quite a little, quite a bit of uh, volume. Um, like, for example, Loopring, their liquidity mining program started about a week ago. And since then, the DPI ETH pool is, I think, about two and a half million. And it's uh, sixth largest uh, pool and is the largest pool that is not ETH, uh, Loopring token, or a stablecoin. So um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for us there. And, and we've been working with uh, different wallets and uh, different web and, and mobile wallets to try to get a DPI listed, trying to run different types of uh, promotional campaigns and things like that. So there's uh, quite, a lot, uh, quite a lot coming up there. Okay, so again, demonstrating the product market fit, no matter where DPI goes, um, whichever decentralized exchange or even on layer two, you know, we're seeing quite a decent amount of liquidity there, which is great to see, obviously. So what are the blockers that you found in terms of getting onto a centralized exchange? What What's the hold up there? Yeah, I think from the centralized exchange perspective, there are two things, right? One is whether DPI is a security. So we need a, we need a legal opinion on that. And we are currently in the process of getting those in a couple of jurisdictions. And uh, once that's done, hopefully it kind of expedites the process of getting us onto an exchange in that particular country, in that particular jurisdiction. So that's one. And two, some centralized exchanges uh, struggle to wrap their head around uh, the fact that new tokens can be added into DPI that they haven't necessarily conducted due diligence on. Right, so that's um, that's something that's quite natural in the index space, right? You have a methodology, you follow it, you add new tokens, you take some tokens out, but it's still you know relatively new for centralized exchanges. No index product is listed on a centralized exchange, so it might take a bit of time uh, to get them on board with that. Okay, I see. And yeah, I think that makes up a decent chunk of the the fee that, or the funds, sorry, that Reagan has requested. Um, obviously, that's one of the major things that we really need to get, get right in order to get DPI 
It seems like something that's going to be a bit of a domino effect in that once we knock down the first exchange, that's going to pave the way for more to come thereafter. So hopefully we find that that's the case. Um, and it's great from the perspective of Regan asking for uh, the funds up front. I think that uh, makes it easier for him and, and the BD team to kind of go out and do what needs to be done, right? Uh, as opposed to kind of returning back to the treasury every time with a request. Yeah, definitely. It's something that's been pioneered by both Regan and uh, Lemonade as part of Index Co-op and as part of their growth working group. And it just seems like a really good way to work in terms of removing the blockers from transferring funds around, just letting people go out there and, and do what they need to do. And if it takes, you know, some some of these funds to do that, then let's make sure it's ready for them to go and, and just get on with it, what they're good at. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, there will be some big news in the next uh, in the next few months. Um, certainly, uh, Simon on on the forum put up quite an ambitious plan that you know an ambitious vision. I would say not not necessarily a plan that saw us being listed on quite a few exchanges by the summer. And uh, you know, I think it's it's great to have that as as kind of um, an aggressive an aggressive target. And I think if we get listed on a few exchanges, that would be uh, there'll be a, a huge a huge milestone for us. Yeah, definitely, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think in terms of what else was covered in the newsletter this week, we talked about the set protocol v2 launch a little bit on the podcast last week. Um, probably the only thing there is to mention the bed portfolio launched between Lemonade myself and Uverto, and um, yeah, really just to try out the the front end that set have, have launched with this. Um, their V2 contracts were in what they call like a public beta test, um, but with, with the launch of the asset manager suite, that's now public. So yeah, the bed meme was prolific and <laughs> has got a lot of engagement over the last month or so that it's it's been floating around with a lot of prominent crypto celebrities um, sort of repeating the message. So it was good to get that out as an experiment. And and what have you thought of, of it so far? What is what is a bad portfolio for those who don't know? So the bed portfolio is designed to make everybody sleep comfortably at night. And it consists of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and DPI. So that covers off the, the DeFi portion of the portfolio. Now, the allocation that Lemonade's launched with is uh, 50% Ethereum, 25% Bitcoin, and 25% DPI. And if you hadn't already made the connection, uh, it's called BED because Bitcoin, ETH, and DPI, B-E-D. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, was, that was quite an interesting experiment. And uh, I never thought how many different versions of BED one could launch. I think we were in the in the Discord chat for a good hour or two hours <laughs> figuring out all the different variations of this portfolio that yeah, it was, could, it could was, be launched. So it was well past my bedtime by the time we actually uh, got it out on the market. <laughs> uh, um Yeah, no, so that was uh, it's quite interesting. I think the, the functionality was very intuitive, very seamless. Um, 
just the ability to create an index from scratch without needing to uh, code or do any uh, engineering work is is quite fascinating. We're definitely looking forward to more and more portfolios and indices being launched on the um, set protocol infrastructure. Yeah, and I think there's been a number created on there already. And as we talked about last week, the opportunity for the co-op here really is to watch these products grow and the people who launch them can build up a track record and then perhaps approach us to partner with them, maybe to add a little bit of liquidity mining incentives um, and to to market the product and, and get it out there and really try and grow the AUM. And then there's an opportunity for the set creator and us as index co-op both to split the fees and you know both both benefit from it really. Do you know with the enzyme protocol, right? Because it's uh, it's sort of similar where it's active management portfolios, and you can invest in a portfolio um, quite quite simply, right? But do you do you know if you like get a token back, like an LP po- token or a portfolio token, that you can then go and utilize um, extrinsically in a in a different protocol? Yeah. So at the moment. No, you don't, but I think it's on their roadmap and something that they're looking to do in the future. Yeah, because I think uh, kind of that's, you know, that capital efficiency is really important in in crypto and especially in DeFi. So you don't necessarily want to have a token sitting idly in your, in your wallet. You want to be able to do something with it. And uh, that's where I think SAT infrastructure is, is really good. Allows you yeah. to do that. I mean, it's pretty standard in DeFi now that even if you're invested with somebody who's beating the market by 20%, you still want to be earning yield on your yield. So, yeah, I think that's that's another advantage that the set um, V2 has. All right. What, uh, what else do you talk about in the newsletter? Yeah, the last item on the list was uh, CoinShares Gold Index again. Um, to give it its shorter name, and Michael reached out to the community this week to ask for suggestions on how they could shorten it, make it a little bit snappier. So far, the leading suggestions are the CoinShares Gold Index and the CoinShares Sound Money Index. So that would either be CGI or CSI for the ticker. I think uh, CSI got uh, both of our votes. I really like the concept of Sound Money. Yeah, I think one of our community members uh, mentioned that not everybody is going to know what Sound Money is or means which is a fair point, probably doesn't apply to the type of people that would be invested in this product. But yeah, something that we have to consider is that we are trying to make products for the entire globe here, which sounds ridiculously ambitious, but that's that, that's our goal at the end of the day. So something to consider. I think either way, CGI, CSA, it's a little bit easier to roll off the tongue and, and that's the direction that hopefully we're going to head in. CSI is a cooler ticker too. But I, I rest I rest my case. Well, that's it, is it? That's uh, conversation over. Yes, what else do you need? Uh, just uh, imagine the avalanche of memes, uh, CSI-related memes. Uh, that's, that's your marketing strategy right there. That is a very good point. Um, probably the one where he takes the, his sunglasses off, I think it would be. Yeah, <laughs> I can already see the memes now. <laughs> Maybe we should start creating some. And, and that kind of, uh, you know, proves the point. 
Yeah. All right. So that's sort of it for for the newsletter. But uh, we do have a little bit of time, and uh, as we like to do, um, we can chat about some of the other things happening in crypto. What uh, what's been on your mind, Paul? Yeah, I think we were talking a little bit before about some of the questions that come up around DPI and the methodology behind it. Um, people are not always sure what constitutes a token inclusion. You know, for example, uh, sushi. Why is sushi still not included? Um, and you had some some good points about how we could explain the methodology a bit more and and explain to people why their favourite token might not be in there yet, but what criteria it would need to meet in order to be included in the future. Yeah, so I think a lot of us have seen this on Twitter or in our Discord where people sort of come up to us and ask, why is, um, you know, why is Sushi or why is Curve or why is some, some other some other token not included in, in, in the DPI. And uh, the reason is that the index cop or the index cop community does not include or exclude tokens, right? We, we are not building community managed, so to speak, indices. So the, the methodology for DPI is outlined uh, by um, DeFi Pulse, and so they have strict guidelines for how tokens are selected to go in or out of the index. And one of the criteria that they have is that a token must be, or a project rather, must be live for at least six months, right? So um, some projects obviously have been around for six months, and if they launch a token, it's actually eligible to be included. But what happens with a lot of uh, DeFi tokens is there were quite a few projects launched during the DeFi summer, and they haven't hit that six months period. For example, Sushi Curve, uh, those are uh, some that that fit fit there. And then there, there are a couple other criteria that that people should uh, probably know about. For example, um, the token supply should be predictable, right? Um, for the next uh, number of years. There is a criteria on circulating supply as percentage of uh, total supply, right? So at least 7.5% uh, of the five-year supply must be circulating. And uh, there are some other criteria that kind of are objective criteria that um, allows the token to be included. And so just kind of to elaborate on that a little bit, the January balance of the index will include a new token, uh, the MTA or M-stable token. So that's sort of the first addition uh, to the DPI portfolio and, and something that the team is quite excited about and kind of the beginning of a wave, I think, of quite a few additions in the next few months. Yeah, that's right. And I have a bit of experience with um, M-Stable and their Meta token, MTA token. Um, they've recently just upgraded their save product. So what M-Stable have tried to build is initially a basket of stable coins on top of which they, um, they sort of launched a, uh, a stable, stable coin effectively. 
So they have MUSD. And what you can do with their either their Mint or their swap product is you can um, swap your USDC, TUSD, or I think they've added SUSD as well now, and DAI. Um, you can swap those into MUSD. And what they do is they keep a basket of all of those underlying stable coins and then issue MUSD on top of that. So MUSD is, is therefore designed to be much more stable than the underlying, because if, if any of the underlying tokens loses its peg drastically, then arbitragers can come in and, and like either take it out of the, the basket or like readjust the price. And if it, if it completely fails, if you have a complete failure, then what the MTA token does and what that's designed to do is um, to save the, the protocol and be sold on the market effectively to recoup any losses from that. So it, it makes MUSD a, a very stable coin on top of stable coins effectively. Um, they had a, a really good product with Save, which allows you to deposit your MUSD and not only get an APY from uh, all of the underlying being used in either the comp or Aave, but also on top of that, you earn any swap fees that come from people swapping one-to-one -one between MUSD and any of the underlying. So that kind of gives you a boost on top of your uh, normal levels of APY that you'd get just from a money market. And um, Rari Capital actually integrated that quite, uh, well, they didn't integrate it, but the way Rari Capital works as a yield aggregator, they ended up in MStable's save product quite a lot of the time for their stable coins, just because the APY is so high. I mean, they've seen some days it's up at over 100% APY. Obviously, that's only for a 24 or 48-hour period. Um, but it's in terms of a stable coin product, it's one of the consistently highest APYs that you can get on stable coins. And given the way that the basket works and, and the MTA token providing a risk backstop, it's one of the potentially one of the safest as well. So quite an interesting addition. Came out of the blue, really. I wasn't expecting that to be added. Um, I don't think anybody was, but it makes sense. And in terms of what the, the guys at MStable are doing, I think it's a great addition because they're obviously working hard to make their products better over time. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that in there. Do you do you know by any chance what the token economics is for the for the token? In terms of what exactly? Like how does the MTA token accrue accrue value? Yeah, so at the moment it's a governance token, and you can stake it. And um, basically, the longer that you lock it up, the greater your governance power. So I think they're trying to take some off the market that way. It's used as an incentive as well. So if you drop your MUSD into the new save product, you get issued back at IMUSD, which is an interest-bearing version, which you can then integrate uh, elsewhere in DeFi. So that's, um, that's one of their most recent upgrades. And then you can lock that IMUSD back in with MStable and get rewarded MTA on top of that. So it's, it's used as an incentive throughout there ecosystem and then beyond that as i say it's like a, a risk backstop so you can get paid in mta inflation to hold the token effectively and that's my understanding of it anyway so it's like layers and layers of stablecoin yield yeah and they're supposed to be bringing out uh mbtc soon as well which is uh which would be a similar basket of underlying wrapped 
Bitcoin versions, uh, and then they issue MBTC on top of that, which is the stable version of it. The whole space of Bitcoin on Ethereum is is quite fascinating. Yeah, what's your favorite? I bet it's uh, Badger, obviously. <laughs> well, I think it has the most uh, the most funds on the lock. Uh, over, I think it's over a billion now, and. Uh, yeah, Dig is has been an interesting experiment, and it's you know sort of languishing below the BTC price um, at like almost half of it, uh, even though it's supposed to be pegged uh, to BTC. But it's you know it's interesting to to see these me- mechanics and, and these dynamics kind of evolve in the space, um, and yeah, I think. Badger, obviously, as a protocol, they and as a community have done a lot to build strategies specifically for Bitcoin and Ethereum. And, and I think that's what, you know, will bring a lot of non-maxi Bitcoiners to, uh, to the Ethereum chain. Yeah, perhaps there's a collaboration to be had there between CoinShares and Badger. Maybe there's some incentives. Um, I'm not sure if that's a conversation we've had yet. Uh, I think I think it's been it's been making rounds in different forums and uh, yeah I think we should definitely reach out to the Badger community and uh, see what we can do with uh, gold and and Bitcoin maybe there's uh, there's some overlap there definitely and what are you doing with your dig are you still holding on for dear life or have you sold it <laughs> well I know you sold it but uh, I'm yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. Uh, I'm just gonna see see what happens because now obviously it's gonna start to negatively rebase right because the price is below the peg. Uh, but because of how their rebase mechanism is a ten day mechanism, right? So you're still sort of stacking up multiple days of positive rebases, and now you're starting to add negative rebases. So it's still yeah, it's it's just fascinating. Like it's it's to me, it's less about kind of the financial aspect of it, but it's more wanting to see how how it evolves. And I find that you pay way more attention if you have money in a project. So that's just uh, it's just my way of doing research, I guess. Yeah, it's probably the best way to learn when you've got money at stake, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're losing it, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's when you tell yourself it's not real money anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I think uh, this sort of covers uh, the newsletter and uh, some of the things that have been on our mind for the last week. Thanks, Paul, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Yeah, thanks very much, OG. And hopefully I did uh, the MTA token some justice there, but if I got anything wrong, feel free to jump into our Discord and, and tell me all about it. Sounds good. All right. We should uh, reach out to the team and see if they want to um, set the record straight if if you did go astray a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'll catch you next week then. All right. Thanks, everyone.